What's up, everybody, and welcome to yet another week in rendition of Apex After Hours. This one might just be the best one we've had yet. Look, all these discussions have been amazing, but gosh, we have not had an ALGS Pro League like today. The regional finals in North America and around the globe certainly did not disappoint. In the end, Wildcard and Meat Lovers fall just under complexity, luminosity, both make it in. We will be seeing Monsoon alongside NRG, TSM, Glitch, and so many more at LAN. Look, there's a lot to talk about. You already know I can't do it myself. Very excited to welcome our special guests, of course, Snipe Down, my co-host, alongside two absolute freaking legends. I know y'all want to hear directly from them. So let's go ahead and bring them right in. It's his Watson and Gildersons, who just had his Jordan performance. The man can barely talk. So, of course, I'm going to start with him. Gild, how you feeling, man? Um... Feeling great about Colin. Feeling pretty terrible as an individual right now. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I'd say you you just had to do this, man. Well, literally, like you could barely talk. It seems like you woke up feeling bad today. What happened? Yeah, I mean, I, I've like I felt kind of under the weather for like the past like three days, and then I woke up today and I just felt like absolute ass. I was like, bro, of all days, like why? <laughs> Insane, man. Well, hey, we will try to uh, keep the questions coming your way at a minimum, but if, if you get passionate about something, uh, something tells me you'll find the voice for it. We're also joined alongside Watson. Watson, we had a chance to do a one-on-one -on -one interview the other day. Everyone loved it, so you already know I had to invite you back for one more, man. Thank you so much for doing this. I know you guys didn't have the day you were looking for, but you're still here, which is awesome. Uh, jump right in, man. How, how, what went wrong with your guys' performance today, and how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. Well, not true, actually. Not doing good today. <laughs> <laughs> not doing good. Um, like i don't know i just had one of those days where i just was not in it i don't know just i did not go into the games like super amped and not have a lot of energy and then just that's how we played just sucked mostly my fault i feel like days where we do good i don't know actually i feel like every time we do bad it's my fault i feel like i just troll i feel like they always do good they show up and some days i just show up and i suck and we lose i don't know that was definitely one of those days but Interesting. Yeah. I want to dig into that. I'm mean, actually, I really want to dig into that because you did the same thing when we talked the other day. You took blame for the fact that y'all didn't qualify for a line. So we're going to dig into that, but I also got to check in with Rona. Rona, you've been competing for a long time. You've had good days. You've had bad days. How are you feeling about today and how are you feeling in general? Honestly, like, I mean, we got two wins, so I'm happy to know that we can close out games, but we also had like two zero point games and a one point game. So there's a lot to be made up for on that scoreboard. And I mean, that just kind of goes back to the day where, you know, our, our, our placings throughout all the pro league were, were great. We had one 18th and then we got second, third, fourth, fifth, fifth. And then I think we had one 11th in there, but um, overall, I feel like we're one of the most consistent teams. I, I think that we get lazy. Our comms get lazy. We let things kind of slip past us. Other teams take advantage of it and it costs us the games. Like, all the games where we had zero points in one point games were our fault. That had nothing to do with us losing a team fight. It was just bad comms, us not, you know, being prioing enough on the map or, or um, I guess having enough, I don't even know if intensity is the right word, but you know, I think there, there's a long break going into this next land. So there's a lot for us to iron out and I'm proud of, I'm proud of where we're at for being a new team. So nothing, nothing but things to look forward to. I love it. Well, hey, welcome everybody to Apex After Hours. You'll see the topic card right below. We try to make this as well produced as possible uh, to be the best possible post ALGS show that you can imagine. So thanks so much everyone for tuning in. Hope you're enjoying the conversation already at home. But let's jump right into the discussion here. ALGS, state of ALGS, and really ALGS post-game discussion as a result of the regional final. What a day it was. Let's start with the macro level and kind of the biggest storylines here. I think we're all excited for Monsoon to be back at land. Complexity, luminosity, both make it in. You guys think they deserve to be there? Um, yeah, I mean, I think anybody who showed up today uh, 
deserves to be there for sure. I'm excited to see Mon. I love that dude. He's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, Mon, Mon is definitely a good time. I'm glad he's gone. <clears throat> I think if there's any single team that people or like player that people were rooting for to qualify that was on the bubble, it was probably Monsoon. I think they've been right there at the edge um, consistently throughout these last pro leagues. And, you know, they had him on the caster's desk last time right next to you, John. And, uh, I mean, whenever you see him on the stage, he's always passionate, bringing the good vibes. And I think a lot of people are going to be backing that complexity squad at this land. I love it. Yeah, we're going to jump in and talk a, a little bit more about complexity and monsoon is one of our topics here in a bit. But kind of macro discussion all up. It's really interesting, right? Uh, Gilderson's, you said something I want to double click into. Anyone that showed up today deserves to be there. You guys, obviously, will, well, this will also be its own discussion point. You guys uh, were in 12th place. If going into this regional final, you would not have qualified. So let's talk about that discussion. Anyone that just showed up today deserves to be there. You think that means teams like Meat Lovers and Wildcard didn't deserve to be there? Did they show their true colors? Just again, throwing it right out there. Um, I mean, honestly, I just think that this um, Pro League split is probably the um, most competitive one that we've had so far. Like, this was a really hard Pro League split, and like everything was so close. Like going into this regionals, it's just, you know, just hard. Some teams are going to show up, and some aren't. Um, yeah, this has been a really difficult pro league split for sure. I feel bad for meat lovers, honestly. Like <clears throat> with tech dealing with the team drama, you know, losing their teammate last second. I mean, Luxford's a great pickup. You're not really, I mean, of all people to pick up, I'm, I mean, he was one of the best options that they could have had. But it, it definitely sucks because they were doing so well throughout pro league. And I mean, you know, DZ won today with Zainu, overall kill leader. Um, but I feel, I feel for the guy. He really does put a lot into this game. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough pill to swallow because they were right on that edge. They would have. I wonder who would have qualified between Meat Lovers and Wildcard if we if NA was given that twelfth land spot. I mean, should I feel like that shouldn't even be allowed? Maybe that's a hot take, but I think the roster deadline needs to be like way earlier in the split. Because the like half the, like the halfway point. Yeah, probably like the halfway point. I think I don't disagree with that. So many teams just. I mean, if you're like a super good player, like maybe say for example you're the only good player <clears> on your team, or for example, like if you're not going to qualify for land, someone will just pick you up and then you're just gone. You know, like you just abandon your team halfway through and then what are they supposed to do? And like Tech has been one of the people getting rolled the hardest by that where someone just like, not saying Tech's not, not something I'm saying, but like he's gotten rolled really hard by that for sure. Um, Didn't you do that? If, even in asked? my case, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Say, he, that's what I was about to say. Oh, even wait, in my wait. case, I mean, it was literally three days before LCQ and he was gone. Like, I mean, that should, that should not be allowed. The roster deadline should be like the first couple of weeks of the split. <laughs> He's saying that even though he was the benefactor of that late roster deadline because he joined Furia four days before LCQ and then called with them. So that says something. I yeah, respect the empathy here. You guys agree with that? I mean, Tech obviously has been the one that's gotten the, the most rolled from it. Yeah, I, I mean, just feel for the guy. I mean, yeah. Go ahead, go. I, I honestly think it's like um, a lot of it is on Sharky too. Like he quit on his team in the middle of the Pro League split and said he isn't going to play anymore. Like, you know, what are they supposed to do? That's kind of rough. Yeah, like, that's true. You can't be quitting on your team mid-pro league. Like, it's something you're committed to, in my opinion. Is that what happened? That's actually what happened. I thought Sharky, you know, maybe it was mutual. I thought maybe he wasn't performing. It was just him quitting. No, it was him not wanting to play. No, he just got bored. That's true. I actually haven't heard anybody bring that up, but that's a good <coughs> point, actually. He kind of just left in the middle of the split. But, I mean, obviously, it was mutual. Everyone wanted, everyone went through with it, so. I think there's situations where it's okay. I mean, in that situation where a teammate just quits or, like, if it's an emergency, I mean, you have to be able to pick up a player and get a sub. Um, but then, I mean, I don't necessarily, like like we are just talking about, I don't agree with Rambo having to get replaced off that roster a day before the last week going into regionals. That that seems like that was way too late for a change to be a change to be made, especially with, I mean, that whole situation is, is pretty wild, um, just in general with the back and forth that, that they were going through. And in the end, it ends up being meat lovers getting screwed. 
uh, which, you know, it just all around sucks. But I mean, I think, I think, you know, we have some of the best teams going to this land anyway. So no matter what the quality is going to be there. Yeah, quality will certainly be there. We can't deny that. But I want to double click into that discussion because it's a big one. We'd be remiss not to. I think there's two kind of macro topics there. One, tech gets kind of screwed. Meat lovers get screwed. Obviously, they're really one of the only unsigned teams. Eric, you know this better than anybody. I'm sure you guys all know. There's no poaching clauses in every single one of your contracts, which means that if, if someone approaches your team, you have to then you know notify and alert. Um, they didn't have buyout clauses because they were not signed. So there was literally nothing keeping Zionu on meat lovers with tech. And um, what, what quite literally happened is they got taken the day before. Uh, Sniped on made an opinion though. And the second big topic is obviously Rambo. What happened to Rambo? Um, so Tech obviously gets screwed. Rambo gets screwed out of land. He's not going to be going to land anymore. Um, do you guys think it's all fair and game in, in war? You know, in, in the love of war, or do you think it's all business, or do you think that uh, Sniped made a heart made a made a take and saying that Rambo got screwed? He thinks he thinks it's BS. Do you guys agree, or do you think it's just business? Um, I I don't know. I think. For sure, one of the terrible things about the roster swapping is it makes it hard, like it makes it good for like the player, like a good player obviously to rise up, but like as for like teams to rise up and like make a name for themselves, it's really hard because if one person's just like popping off for the team, like people just get poached and split up and get basically basically bought out. I mean, they just gave him a contract and why would Zainu say no to that? I would, I, there would not be many people that would not take yeah, that deal. I mean, that is you, huge for me. Yeah. And that's gonna, that's gonna keep happening over and over again. Like kill leader, you know, they need a player. They just, give him a, they didn't even buy him out. They just said, here's a contract. It wasn't like they had to pay for him or, you know, any more than buying him out. So I don't, I don't even think it's BS because if it's within the rules, then you just use, you just abuse the rule system. I mean, that's, if it's there and there's some way for you to get ahead. I mean, at the end of the day, like you're, you're looking out for your team. I'm not looking out for meat lovers. Uh, if I'm DZ, I'm not looking out for any other player or individual besides my team. And if that's what's in the rule book, then you you abuse the rule book. I mean, we see it in every single professional sport. You abuse the, the basketball rules, you abuse football rules, whatever it can be to to give your team the advantage. And that's just what so happened to be. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm not I'm not knocking anybody, but I don't know if that's just the healthiest system to have, like for the game itself. But obviously, no individual, I wouldn't or team, like not their fault. Obviously, they're making the best decision they can. But should that even be it's a all the rule? Rules. Is like, yeah, oh, rules, actually, huh, Shuby said no. And they did not qualify for this land. Shuby did say no, and they were well. They were signed to wild card. I don't know what that deal or what that situation was, but that right there, I mean, that just um, that that goes what you were saying on uh, Fallout of just maybe if he was signed to wild card, I'm sure he had to get a deal with the contract buyout, deal with all the this other stuff, and so they just go straight to meat lovers. Say, well, Zainu's unsigned. Let's just drag him, and it's almost like a you know you have to take that. So I don't really know what the whole Shuby situation was. I don't know if there's any info there, but I mean that's an interesting concept right there alone. Gil, do you know all these get, you, these kids? They're like you, but a year later. <laughs> you were in their shoes a year ago. You were the young kid that got picked up by Liquid. And um, what, what's your take on all this, man? Because you're right. Yeah, I don't know if you know more, more info than we do, more intel. Shuby said no. He stayed loyal to his boys, or maybe it was a contract thing. Zainu said yes. He, no one can blame him. What are your thoughts? Um, <clears throat> I mean, I think that the, the, probably the easiest route was just going with somebody unsigned because orgs, um, I mean, you can't blame like people like Zainu at all, like they have a guaranteed spot at land. They're like 16, 17. Agreed. And they're, he's playing with a team that's won two lands already. Like, you know, who is going to say no to that in the right mind? I mean, I think the Shuby situation, I think he probably, um, I think Wildcard probably stepped in on that one, if I'm being completely honest with you. Um, org buyouts like can usually take like some time and easy didn't really have that. Um, mm. 
luxury. So I think they just went with Zaino because he was unsigned and they could just pick him up right away. Interesting. We're getting some word from our producer that it was a loyalty thing. Should be stayed loyal to his boy, stayed loyal to Madness. Uh, sounds like Guild thinks it may have been more of an org buyout. Watson, what's your take? I think Shibi's a Giga Chad, personally. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I would have left if I was him. I'm a big fan. I would have been 100%. With, left. I would have been 100%. If I, wasn't getting, if I wasn't getting money from Furia and I got an offer from some good team like DZ, I'm out. Like say, Guild, Guild was on Liquid and then joined NRG after like he knew the Liquid roster was good, but the NRG, it was just an upgrade. I mean, it was an upgrade with another. Well, hold on, uh, though. Was it an upgrade, though? Real, real well, quick. I mean, if, if, to... if we talk about where the orgs were at at the time, yeah, 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 and so I mean, so. NRG got so, like they got second place at the last land. So, I mean, yeah, it was technically still an upgrade. They, you know, not. Energy got second place at the last land. Liquid, I don't remember exactly what they got, but I mean, yeah, XSET won Pro League, but that's not the goal. The goal is to win land. Energy made it back. You know, we're all playing under that on that main stage again. So in the end, I mean, Gil made the best choice for himself. I mean, I had a similar situation when I joined TSM when I was on uh, the Rogue squad. Okay. I wasn't. I, Rogue chose not to sign me. Um, they they want they wanted to, but I didn't. The, the terms weren't great, so I said no. And I was a free agent, and they asked me to join. I was like, yeah, I'm joining TSM. I want to be wow. on the org. Want to. You know, at the end of the day, like if you want to make a profession out of this, you got to make the best calls for for yourself. Yeah, I mean that was like the same thing for me. Um, you know, with energy, obviously, um, I thought really highly of Nate and Sweet. <clears throat> and on top of it, I mean, the energy contract was like sixteen times better than the one that Liquid uh, had with me. Literally and financially? No, I'm just yes, kidding. literally financially. <laughs> literally, and, oh wow, okay. Um, uh, and I mean, it just like helped me grow my brand a lot, especially on like Twitch, like. I went from like probably like averaging like 50 viewers even after getting like a second in Sweden to averaging like 400, 500. It was just like, it wasn't really something that I could say no to. Yep. And that's one thing I respect about you is you are never afraid or shy to, to take an interview, to do the thing, to set yourself up for success. Watson and I talked a lot about that in our interview the other day or one-on-one, -on -one, how much work Watson puts into growing his brand, how he just does not fathom how people don't do that. It's people like Zero and others that just play the game and don't necessarily care about content or even your, your former teammates in Xset, right? They were guilty of that for the first year or six months you were on that team. So uh, respect to you for doing it. I completely agree with Snipedown. I think it was the right decision. And meanwhile, Shuby was in Watson's words, a giga Chad for staying loyal to his teammates <laughs> and now paying the price because he could be on his Dark Zero roster. I mean, that's a huge story. Zainu then gets the spot. I mean, was that confirmed? Like they gave the offer to Shuby first, right? Shuby and Aiden were the two people that they reached out to, I'm pretty sure. And Aiden, after they got first place, said that he wanted to stick with the glitch squad. Um, I mean, I think wow. that's that's also a signed team. Um, but I mean, I... How oh, well are they signed, though? I don't know. I, I don't know, actually. Yeah, I'm not I'm not 100%. <laughs> but I, I, I actually also gained a lot of respect for Shuby there because that wildcard roster was killing it. Um, yeah. Honestly, the DZ team, they, they've been kind of known to have some a slightly toxic environment at times. So, I mean, if he was very comfortable with what his team on Wildcard is doing and put full trust into them, I mean, I, I have a lot of respect for him for, for sticking by his teammates. I, know, and I also feel good for Madness because Madness has also been in the same situations that Tech yeah. was in the past. We're like always getting screwed. And it kind of yeah. sucks that both of them missed it by what, two points? Is that, is that how it was? They both got 80 um, and the cutoff was 82. So I, I, I genuinely feel for those two people because they've been in the scene and always been there with the passion and, and they're, they're due. Yep. Completely agreed. And uh, one last note, and I want to move on from this topic because we got a lot more of exciting things to talk about. But last note on that is uh, I don't even know if Dark Zero signed Zaidu. Have they officially signed him yet? I don't think they have. The reason I have not, okay, nothing yet confirmed. Know, so yeah, sure. our producer just confirmed. So the, re the reason I bring that up is 
that's another thing, right? Rambo did not get signed by that team. He's obviously trialing, and that's why they're justifying their decision to kind of quote unquote screw Rambo a couple of days before land. Um, but I understand and respect what the loyalty, but Glitch is signed and also uh or Aiden to Glitch and also Shuby to Wildcard. Um, whereas, you know, Dark Zero, it seems like it's a, a culture where it's like you gotta prove your worth before we will sign you. They weren't willing to necessarily take that risk like Furia did with you, Watson. I mean, talk about I guess Watson, I'm gonna give you the last point here. Furia signed you before the last chance qualifier when Furia was a top 24 team or 26 team, and they signed you to a salary before that, right? Talk about a difference in orgs. Yeah, I mean, that was that was awesome. I don't know. They they definitely took a huge risk on me, and I was definitely getting overpaid when I first signed. I don't know what they were smoking <laughs> over there. That was not good. Not, they could have got me for way less, to be honest. They but, had faith in you. I mean, I guess it worked out. <laughs> Clearly they did. That, that storyline is actually like not I feel like that's not really talked about very much. I don't know if that flew under the radar or whatnot, but you guys clutching up that LCQ and then going to land and dominating, that has to be one of the biggest like underdog types of stories that Apex has had. I also yeah. griefed Oxygen at that land. I griefed or uh during that online qualifier. I picked Mirage last game and I'm pretty sure I totally griefed them out of making land and I still feel bad for it. I remember you doing that. You guys played Mirage and I think you had like a nine kill game or something, and like you fought in, I think you just fought in Godspot. I don't remember what happened. Yeah, I remember you guys trolling yeah. out for sure. <laughs> Too funny. Well, clearly it worked out for Furia. Clearly it worked out for you, Watson. You guys are qualifying for land. I'm, I'm, I'm my talking head next to three handsome men. Everyone's talking in chat about how handsome Gildersons is. I don't know what's going on. And Watson, <laughs> out apparently you're no longer good looking. But um, <laughs> um, three guys who have qualified for land. Congratulations to all three of you. And let's jump into that discussion here. First topic mm-hmm. I want to talk about as it relates to teams that have qualified. I want to go back to Monsoon and Complexity. Look, they were one slot away two slots actually fury was technically one but one point behind you for split one pro league uh, they had 83 points they were in 12th place only top 10 qualified at the time fury was in 11th and complexity was in 12th monsoon barely missed it then he missed algs championships as well this is his first time playing in lan in a long time i don't, even, I don't remember if he was at sweden i can't i can't remember or recall if he has so that's a big storyline that's that squad, he filled a chance, but he didn't, he didn't qualify with complexity. That squad obviously is a, a new team, uh, former teammates of your teammate, Phonyhead, uh, Luda, and Cody. They've looked pretty damn solid. I want to break down this roster here. Watson, starting with you as the only you know, player here as an IGL, do you think Monsoon is still a top IGL in the game? Um, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I don't watch any of the games or keep up with anyone really other than <laughs> – over directly impact. I, I never ever see them, so I never watch yep. the games. But no, I, I have no no, no take. I have no clue. Honestly, he could be the best player in the game, and I would have no no clue. Uh, Guild snapped on open play. Either of you, any any takes? Not just on Monsoon, but really uh, complexity as a whole. This whole team. Nothing. They seem like a ra- <laughs> like it. Just seems like a team that is going to float. Um, mm. Like I, I don't I don't see them as, as a top team in NA, but I also think that they still deserve to make to land. Honestly, like ending in the nine to 11 range is kind of where I would, you know, I would put them anywhere in the nine to 13 range in NA. So them making land right in that middle, that's kind of where I'd I'd have them on any type of list. Uh, I think they're always just going to kind of place in that range when it comes to the best of the best lobbies. That's just how I view that team. Yeah, that's probably where I'd put them as well. And just from a little bit of interaction I have with them, I guess. Guild, any final takes there? Um, not really. I, I usually don't watch um complexity very much. Um, if I'm being completely honest with you. Yep. 
Makes sense. Interesting. So a team that n none of these three pro players at least have a ton of opinions on. But hey, for those that don't know this complexity roster, uh, Cody, a really great story, cybersecurity major from Ohio, got picked up uh, uh, last minute by ESA with Phony and with Luda, and they performed really, really well on the ESA roster. Phony obviously joins FaZe. I was rumored for a long time alongside Snipe. It looked great, um, but stays on the team with Luda, the Canadian controller player. Uh, Monsoon joins that team because they needed an IGL because Phony left. Slots into that IGL role, slots right in, and sneaks right in to qualify for land. But I agree with you guys. They're kind of floating in that kind of mid-tier of these lobbies. We'll see if they are top tier, bottom of top tier, if you will. We'll see how they do in an international competition. But we had to say congratulations to Monsoon. It's a long time coming. And the complexity organization as a whole. Such an amazing organization. There was a lot of rumors. Are they going to pull out of Apex? Are they going to be the next team, Liquid or Cloud9, that'll pull out? They stayed confident in Monsoon. His future was unknown. I was sitting down next to him as I brought him on the desk at LGS, and he was talking about maybe even joining us as an LGS caster, decides to stay, finds a good team, and qualifies. That's an amazing story, and obviously people might might, might or might not know his whole story. Went from being homeless uh, right before Apex Legends came out to playing Apex Legends in a Taco Bell on in this PC that he would drag around with him to getting signed by Complexity. So it's an amazing story, nonetheless. We're excited for, for Monsoon, the most talented Renaissance man in Apex, by the way. You guys know how talented. The, the guy sings, cooks. That's like the most yeah. remarkable amount of talent. Have you guys seen those videos? <laughs> I've seen them. Yeah, I've, I've watched jealous. a couple of his. I've watched a couple of his Twitter uh, music videos. Those are awesome. Hey, do you have any talent at all outside of just playing video games? Me have any talent? I mean, uh, I'm athletic. I, I can play <laughs> sports, so it all kind of ends up coming back into the same circle. Hey, I Yo, was in honor. I was in honors choir when I was in <laughs> high school, and then it all changed. It all went downhill after that, but. Honors Choir? Yeah, I was an Honors Choir. You got a voice, a dude. You could be the next Backstreet Boy or something like that. Reincarnated. See me on the, see me on the stage. America's Got Talent. <laughs> Guild, you're an athlete too, right? Uh, I'm pretty talentless. <laughs> you just shoot your gun straight. When I was in like yeah. elementary, middle school, I used to ball up. I was like the best part of the team. And then as soon as everybody started getting six packs and working <laughs> out, I fell off hard, hardcore, dude. I just... <clears throat> Did nothing but play video games. It did, I did not. It was not a good matchup for me around that time. I was going to say fell off like a certain player in the team, but I decided to, to refrain. Um, <laughs> with that said, uh, <laughs> with that said, let's move on to our next topic here. Uh, I want to I want to talk through a topic that Solon Bum in the chat said. I actually added it to our topic list here. Uh, E8 nearly yoinks a land spot after getting 18th place and barely making it into the regional final. <laughs> Let's just make this a quick one here. Any thoughts on this E8 roster? And E7 just changed eight in real time. On this E8 roster, Zach Mazur designed full chaotic match. I would have loved for them to just steal a spot. They would have stolen, stolen either luminosity or complexity spot if they won, which is crazy to think about. They obviously didn't do that, but their personalities, it would have been fun to have them on land. You think they're good? You think, they're, you think they deserve to be on this land? You think they're good enough to be a top 11 team? No, I think that their chance for qualifying for land, like they shit on TSM and scrims and off spawns, and then went and just looted two guns and ran from them and uh, on LGS day. I have no idea why they did that. They were doing poorly. There was like no reason. Like they should have, in my opinion, they should have built off that momentum in scrims and pulled up on LGS day. And I think that if they did well on that day, it might have been the difference maker. I mean, I'm just praying on their downfall at all times, <laughs> to be honest. Just at all times. What? Well, just because? Because of designful? Because of what? Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm just praying on their downfall. I'm praying on the yeah, E. I mean, you, you know, you know. <clears throat> I didn't know the Watson E8 arc. Is that a well-known thing? Am I just an idiot and didn't know about it? Under living under a rock. Um, 
Okay. Yeah, we were, we we don't really like each other very much. Oh <laughs> shit! This is great. Aaron Dirty Laundry here live on show. Why why is that, Watson? You know there was some some Hank goofing around, some silliness <laughs> a couple of seasons ago. We're kind of chilled out now, but still lingering. So you know, I'm just praying on their downfall. That's all I'm gonna say. I guess. <laughs> you must have well, prayed really hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say the same thing. Oh man, yeah. yeah. So EA does not make it. He was, is, I guess, Watt because of Watson. Apparently, he gave him like a voodoo doll curse. This man Watson has three voodoo dolls of of design full chaotic much and Zach Major. Zach's is bald, of course, um, in his <laughs> in his house right behind him somewhere. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna. Good thing the camera zoomed in. I don't want you guys to see any of that. Yeah. In oh man, he's you know, he tried zooming in on Watson's on Watson's <laughs> solo. All right, let's shift topics. EA almost makes it; they do not make it. Uh, Watson's very happy as the story there. Gilderson's, I like your point though. Uh, we had, I don't know if you watched last week. We had we had Designful on the show last week. After they got shit on, to be honest, they got 18th place. He's, we thought he was going to back out because we thought he'd be pissed. He came; and he was the happiest man alive that he got 18th place and made it by one point. And we asked him, and he goes, "I'm just saying that was not my call. So it must have been Zach Mazur who made the call." To, for whatever reason, after dominating TSM and scrims, not contesting TSM, and actually last take here, snipe down. If they do that, you you were part of the conversation last week. Do you think TSM <laughs> maybe wouldn't have qualified? I mean, they were dominating them in scrims. Do you think 50-50s off rip? TSM doesn't get first place last week. TSM's in a different spot. I'm wondering if Watson preying on E8's downfall was secretly him like having something for TSM. Like, you know, the whole how Watson drama. Maybe he was actually praying for how to be on land. <laughs> Um, and that's where that came from. But I mean, I agree with Guild. I think E8 really dropped the ball by not contesting um, after the, the scrim dubs. And I think that, you know, it, who knows? Maybe if, if E8 didn't get 18th and got top eight and then had a good day today, they could have qualified by points. Um, there was a lot more there. I, I think I've come, to, I've come to the realization that last minute changing anything right before Pro League has never worked for me. Like whether it's changing a comp you think the day before that's just going to work better. I mean, the Rampart Catalyst swap was a pretty lateral move um we got stuck in situations where we weren't holding buildings uh we were holding you know open areas and rampart just gave us more cover i'm not going to hold an area with a catalyst queue so that was just a kind of a game plan switch but when you swap around a bunch of characters that is that always just kind of bites us in the butt mm -hmm. um but i mean i i think e8 kind of shot themselves in the foot this split uh, they chose to contest one of the best teams and that didn't commit to it and i you know as confident as designful was i don't i don't even know if e8 won a game throughout the entire pro league like like when it comes to match point format that team is a team that's going to drop really big kill games but i don't they don't win games very frequently so i think this was extremely difficult for them to come out today but no great for them to have that type of positive mentality i saw a bunch of them tweeting zach tweeted uh chaotic dropped 23 kills in the games today which is just insane Jeez. if you think about it and because both his teammates had like under 10 it's it was pretty nuts so i mean he popped off you know maybe it builds some momentum going into next split i love it we'll see if they stick together as a team what happens i hope they do because yeah i agree with that they're a fun team to watch moving on topics here and actually relating to tsm we were just talking about ea potentially griefing them Next topic is, well, TSM and NRG both make it despite both at some point being doubted during Pro League. Was there ever any doubt? Um, hey, Guild. <clears throat> I was getting pretty scary for a Was while. there any doubt, Guild? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be honest. Like, we're icy when it matters, if I'm being completely honest. Like, <laughs> I mean, if you think about it on LAN and Grand Finals, our first three games, we got two points each game and then dropped like a 30-point banger. I mean, it's the same thing with today. Our first three games, we got two points, two points, two points, and then won a game. So, I mean, 
we've always showed up in the lobbies that are really hard and when it really matters. So, um, you know, I really couldn't be more proud of me and my teammates. Pretty sure I saw a YouTube video that was like NRG, why they can't, why they can't win or something. Right. We won our I first game today in Pro League. I didn't watch it, but... Oh, wow, I didn't know that. I remember. This is your first win? Yeah, this is our first win, this whole Pro League split, on the day that it mattered. To be fair, you guys <laughs> botched, like, four games that you should have had wins in early on in, the, in Pro League. Oh, so 100, like 100%. Good time to, actually, to catch a dub. Actually, on that note, great segue, Gilderson's. I should pay you to do this. You should take my job, gosh, in case your, your playing career ends. We have a clip ready of NRG winning their first game of pro I repeat their first game of pro league I can't believe that that happened in the last day of pro league let's watch the clip this Sykes trying to keep the dream alive exit out me lovers are out as well NRG move in on EA to clean up this piece and this might be the game this time that could be the kind of security Excellent. game for NRG when it comes to LAN but not just that if NRG win this they'd also be on match point alongside EA and Dark Zero and Exa and with how they're fragging at the moment you'd expect it to happen the final player goes down nrg on match point and it looks like they want to make a real play for lot i wish you uh they would have had our comms because nate literally screams at the top of his lungs it was so <laughs> loud just like a battle cry what did he scream he's just like let's fucking go just at the top of his lungs like it was so loud i think i yelled pretty loud too that's your voice By the way, right now right yeah Exactly. You, uh, yeah, I wish we had those comms too. I think Energy's command center was broken today. Someone's, at least I read that in chat at some points. So maybe that's why they didn't have it. But nonetheless, an insane clip. You went sicko mode there. And it, I, I looked to see if you had a digi threat and you didn't. So now I'm convinced you have an aimbot uh, through the Bangalore smoke. But uh, you went insane that, in that game. That was the game where you guys basically cemented yourself a spot at LAN. I think you uh, Valk ulted, maybe Ubied a little bit from like North checkpoint going to North pad, uh, I believe is what happened and kind of took Godspot and won the game. Walk us through what happened. Um, so we, we didn't, um, we didn't oob, uh, there was a team playing below us just not moving in checkpoints. So that was super lit. Um, and we just Valkulted over them and they all three died to zone. Um, but we Valkulted over a mountain and, uh, we saw a team and they were, you know, there was like five teams running in from zone and this team was just like hard focusing them. And we landed behind like a, uh, a truck in this little, this little corner spot. Um, and they didn't really realize we were there and we just three, two, one, one of them, um, and took that yeah, side of zone for free. Me. We wiped that team. Um, wiped another team on the edge and just uh, walked in from that side of zone and uh, third party the final fight and won. Yeah, yeah, it was a crazy game. Massive high kill game. Uh, I want to open the discussion back up to the topic at hand, though. And Snipe, Watson, want your guys to stay. Watson said, I think Watson said, yes, there was a doubt. Uh, Snipe, I don't know if you agree or not, but I want to hear from both of you. Uh, TSM Energy, was there a doubt? I mean, I feel like, I feel like, People doubt TSM all the time whenever they're doing bad, and they're just a team that's consistently like just pulled through somehow. I don't know. Right. Like, there's always I, like I want to repeat. I want to restate restate the question because was there ever like a legitimate doubt? I mean, obviously there was a doubt in general. There was a world a world where they didn't qual, but was there ever a legitimate doubt? Because I agree with you, Watson. Ultimately, they always find a way. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't think they were going to make it. To be honest, I mean, if they didn't, didn't. if they didn't pull out a dub, I if they didn't pull out a dub that six day, I mean, I don't know how they would have kept momentum going. I mean, they were in the dumpsters. For a while, but I mean, they—that's what they've done consistently. So, can't be too surprised, I guess. People, um, they love to like hate on us as soon as we start doing poorly. Every single time, yeah. Energy chokes when it matters. Fans specifically, or just people in general? Just everybody. It's energy chokes when it matters. Energy chokes at land. Energy chokes in ALGS. 
always and we always since i've been on the team we've showed up when it mattered so content creator tournament warriors or third party tournament warriors are you the x factor guild because <laughs> before you joined they definitely did not clutch up in like the like they won energy has always been known for winning every single online tournament that's not algs and then now that you've joined they've it's been more consistent in terms of your placements out like on land that second place was the best place like that they've had um and then you know going to this next one you guys clutched up what do you think like was the biggest issue for your slow like i guess kind of slow start this season in comparison to like what you did you prep any differently going into this last week because for, for me i didn't doubt tsm because they were putting in the work i know they were doing a lot of <laughs> stuff outside the game uh, I was on that team. I know TSM plot armor, it's always there. So I doubted I doubted you guys way more because when Sweet hates the game, he doesn't want to play. He doesn't want to do like the extra stuff when he's playing. He's one of the best players in the game. Like, and it's not even close. Like the, the things that he does is, is not even close. I mean, you guys bailing from scrims this week, not doing super great in scrims. I know scrims don't really matter much, <laughs> but it was the final week. You know, some people are going to panic, try and do everything they can going into that final week. Was there like any difference in how this last week was before the previous six well to be fair those last scrims um nate's pc blue screened and he was stuck on a black screen for like three hours before we even figured out how to fix it so it's not like we just dipped on scrims because we didn't want to play like okay, nate's pc okay, was actually yeah. fucked um <clears throat> but i mean you know in my opinion you know we didn't really put in the effort um this probably split if i'm being completely honest uh that's why i um, got it Nate and Sweet didn't really play the game very much at all this Pro League split. Um, but, I mean, this last week, we really um, locked in. We started playing. Uh, we played ranked, like, two hours before um, the tournament today. Um, I hopped in a custom and practiced some, like, Valk ults. And, you know, <clears throat> that's the kind of effort that we've been um, missing, I think, a little bit. Um, I definitely think that, like, I am... Um, kind of the X factor for when like they picked me up and everything. Um, I mean, first tournament that um, I played in with uh, Sweet and Nate ever. Um, it was ESA. We were we were undercover with three different names, but uh, some random team like contested us at staging and like um, Sweet like died for free in like some contests and you know I got like a one clip and then fried another and like literally as soon as we won the off swan, uh, Sweet just yells. He's like see that's what we've been missing like right there like somebody opening up the fight like that um you know <clears throat> yeah, i think your your play style definitely is what energy needed really bad i feel like rocker and nathan are kind of just like the same player they do the same thing i feel like a lot of the good teams now like xset us uh, of tsm like they all kind of have the same like archetype of like players of like the idiot controller player you know like an igl like versatile IGL and then just like uh, like a hard anchor MK player like they all kind of have the same thing going on so that definitely you're definitely yeah. you're, you're calling Dillerson's an idiot controller player <laughs> I mean that's just got one apparently yeah I mean yeah every team's got one I mean having just having I think like that controller player that can you know just randomly open up a fight by randomly one clipping somebody um you know it's just like um something that's obviously extremely nice to have and almost like I feel like it's like needed at this point with how many controller players there are in pro league. Like, I can't even imagine playing triple M and K. It would have to be. It would be so hard. I'd be miserable, dude. Dude, I didn't think hundred thieves made it. I thought they got sixteenth on the day. I believe. Yeah, they got sixteenth. I thought that they were gonna choke it at the end. I thought lie. GE wasn't gonna qual. They were in like twentieth for a the while. The whole day. The whole day they were in twentieth until the last game. They got one extra point. Crazy.
I mean, they needed to get 19th or 20th or 20th, I think, to not qual because they had such a good advantage. They were kind of in the same spot as you, Watson, right behind you guys, Furia and Optic and Xset. That was a crazy one. Um, back to the discussion on, on Gilberson. That, that's actually really interesting. I, I agree with both you, both of you, Snipe and Watson. Gilberson's was the difference. I, look, at Guild knows this. I, I think people who watch LGS and heard me cast LGS knows this. I've been a big fan of Gilderson's for a long time, actually since he was on Knights. Um, I, I saw how different he was at the game. And I really, really respect Hotsik and the, the Liquid boys for scouting him and finding him. Um, he got a lot of respect when he joined Liquid <clears throat> and was on Xset as like many people were throwing out there and touting best controller player in the world. And then for some reason, maybe it's the same thing you said, Gilderson's, where everyone just loves to hate on NRG. I feel like he kind of fell out of this, the discussion a little bit to the hands of like Effect and Sykes and Jen Burton and Verholst. Um, Gil, do you believe you're the best controller player in Apex Legends? I mean, I feel like if you're playing and you don't think like you're the best, you're doing it wrong. Um, but I mean, my role, <clears throat> people don't realize that my role changed like a lot um, in terms of like how we play the game when I switched from uh, Liquid to uh, NRG. When I was on uh, Liquid, I was just like hard opening in fights. Like they were just sending me in, go one clip somebody, I'd throw a Cossacle on a team and, you know, just go handle them. It was completely different. Now, with NRG, um, I, I sit here in anchor spots and zone, and you know when Sweet and Nate are running off duo, I'm, I'm staring at our back. You know, just you know, um, it's not it's not the same role. So I mean, I'm not gonna get as many kills and be as flashy, but um, I'll do whatever the team needs. I respect that. Uh, Snipe and Watson, I want to ask you guys both one question, then I have a we have a clip we're gonna show here in a second. This is gonna get awkward because Gildersons is literally <laughs> on the call, but that's the point of the show. Snipe down and Watson, who's a better controller player? Verholst or Gildersons or Sykes? <laughs> this is like choose your Pokemon at the beginning of a Pokemon game. I mean, Sykes is my boy, my big, big Sykes enjoyer personally. Sykes gets your vote? Yeah. Snipe? Sykes gets my vote for the split. Yeah. Damn, Gild! Damn! <laughs> what will I ever I mean, do? I mean, Sykes <laughs> is my boy. What do you mean to say? No, all right, fair. And, and Sykes has played better than me this pro league split. That's fine by me. Answer. I respect that answer. I'm going uh, off of cur current, currently at this exact point in time, yes. At this it's exact still... point in time. And look, Sykes, Sykes actually, <clears throat> I, I thought Sykes might get a little nervous on land, first time on land. He, he proved to me that he has what Gilderson's has and a few other players, Snipedown has, um, historically from Halo. The ability to not be an online warrior and to still have ice on land. Um, I think he has that in him. I saw it. But I do have to say, I think Nocturnal is now getting in the same discussion as, uh, not the same, not even close, but uh, could be in a similar discussion as Sweet, right? Everyone knows Nocturnal is the best IGL in the game. At the end of the day, what matters the most is who wins on land and performs on land. And going from the last land, TSM won, NRG was the most dominant team. They were the, not, not the same level of dominance as Furia had at Champs, but they were the Furia of this land. They had the most points in finals. They had the most points in winner's bracket finals. The two hardest lobbies on land in the tournament, <clears throat> Gildersons and NRG showed up. Um, so, so that's a that's a big discussion point going into into to, to the playoffs here. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that. Uh, to be fair, I'm two for three on seconds right now in Apex. So that's pretty good. That's <laughs> solid. I agree with that. Wait, you got second with Xset with Liquid and uh, Sweden. Liquid in Sweden. In Sweden, yes, two for three. And then champs, what did you guys get? Oh, uh, we don't talk about champs. We got like 16. <laughs> I was gonna say, like was it like 15th, 16th, something like that? Yeah, we got yeah, champs. <clears throat> That's impressive. Snipe, Watson, any final talks on the t t thoughts on this topic? Wait, have we all gotten second place at a LAN? We have. I got second place at uh, X Games, Guild at the last one, and then Watson at 
Um, which one is yeah. that? Champs or Sweden uh, Raleigh or Champs? I'm cursed with second. I got second in Twitch Rivals on land too. Second yeah. place. No wait. I got second place in every tournament I played on too. Is this is this where the curse ends? We're just all thrown down to the same broadcast, the second place warriors, and we're going to do some Super Saiyan dance or something, and then solve it. I think, so. I think so. I think so. Match point has right. match point has robbed all of us. It looks like besides me, I didn't play a match point finals. I played Gears of War. Especially, it's a different world. But yeah, that's it. Okay. Well, hey, this is the moment where the curse is broken. Watson, go back to that freaking closet of yours and do whatever you need to do to, with the voodoo doll I got magic you. thing. I got you that you do down in Arkansas. Yeah, <laughs> I got you. The Arkansas witchcraft, I got you, dude. Arkansas witchcraft, he's got us covered. He did tell me that, you know, back back in high school, people would like, you know, party in parking lots in their trucks, and he'd go home and just and just do weird things. Maybe that's what he did, witchcraft. I don't know. I'm I'm literally buying time right now because we're trying to find a clip that we wanted to add, but we're not going to be able to get it. Just got word that we're not going to be able to get it. The clip was, and if we can get it at some point, fingers crossed, Bella and Kona make, make it work. It was a clip of Hal on this show. Three weeks ago, I asked him straight up, do you think TSM will qualify for LAN? He said, no, um, we're not playing like we like it. We're not going to qualify. And then they ended up calling. So that was the final thing I wanted to kind of showcase and talk about. Uh, let's move on from this topic, though. Obviously, TSM and Energy, two big names, first and second place in London, the previous London. The fact that both of them were at risk at some point with doubt of not qualifying is insane. But let's move on to our next topic here. Uh, a lot of good, a lot of, a lot more to kind of talk through. The next one I want to talk about is FaZe. I want to kind of go through each of your teams here if we can. First things first, phase. Um, phase up and also phase downs this season. I think you guys have mostly been solid and consistent, Eric. I agree. But I think you guys started looking very, very good on nothing but an upward trajectory. And then when you guys took that break and the two-week kind of break you had, halfway break or whatever, you went to Florida, you went to Indiana to visit your mom, which I obviously respect, respect the holiday for that. It seems like since then you guys have kind of flatlined a little bit. Would you agree with that or am I wrong? Yeah, I mean, we had a... We had a week, and that was the week after we got 18th, and uh, I think we prepped wrong for how we wanted to do that. We tried to we tried to stray away from what we were good with our gameplay. We tried to rush to spots. Um, other teams were cutting us off, and it just felt like we weren't playing our game. At the end of the day, like we we just want Phony, who's our IGL, that we have all the trust in the world, making the calls to have the utmost confidence in how he wants to play the game. Um, you know, you can prep all you want, and you can you put a lot of work in behind the scenes, but if the person who's making the calls isn't comfortable with the work that we prepped, then it's not going to have good results. And we did not have good results. Uh, I kind of went back to the drawing board. You know, we got a good fifth place, I think the next week and then um, ended 11th place in the, the final week. But for us, uh, I think we're back on the upwards trend. You know, we got a lot of time. There's new character, new characters going to come out. We're going to see how that fits into our, into our comp, but we're really comfortable with kind of, we got some POIs uh, that we want to hold down. We're, we feel like our storm storm point is getting much better. Our world's edge is where we got all our points originally. Our storm point is now where we're getting our points. And I think we probably ended in the top three teams of overall wins throughout all the pro league. I mean, we won two games today. Um, we're missing out on a lot of KP, which I think is something that we need to find a ways to get more KP in these games. Cause it's just, it's how you can have the big games. I mean, you look at like NRG, you know, they had, you know, it's what Guild is saying. They get two points, two points, then all of a sudden they drop an 18 kill win or like a 15 kill second. And that's 20 plus points that you just put on the board. Like those games are how you can propel yourself to be in the top of every single tournament. Um, it's obviously good to be consistent. I think we are consistent, but still a lot to, a lot to prep for and a lot, a lot of openings for us to improve on. So nothing but positive vibes for the future for our squad. 
I want to see if you guys have any any Gildersons or Watson, any thoughts on what you've seen from FaZe. Phony is an IGL, most left on IGL in the game. Any thoughts or topics on FaZe's roster as a whole before we move to a subtopic here? Do you guys think we were going to suck at the beginning of the season? That's, that's... Um, <laughs> I'm not I mean, going to lie. I was hard sleeping on Phony, and I didn't I didn't know how washed Snipe was, if I'm being completely honest. So I didn't, I didn't have a lot of confidence, but when I saw you guys play, I was like, all right, never mind. All the so, all the doubts were out the window. So you doubted Phony, you were sleeping on him, and you thought Snipe was more washed than he actually is. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so, uh, <laughs> Snipe everyone. did Snipe did a lot better this pro league than I thought he was going to, and you know, props to him. I feel like Watson. I feel like it's pretty easy to sleep on Phony. Uh, he doesn't <clears> post anything or anything or stream really much, like or that much. But like, I don't know. I've known Phony a long time, and recently he's been just he's been killing it, dude. Like, I don't know. He's just under the radar. He just said solid player you know 100 percent agree with that i think i talked to him a lot we sat down for a whole dinner with his whole team i got to know cody and luda and phony and um his story is crazy people don't realize um he's just quietly been a great player he played with rambo and uh, fury sucks and my little phonies came out of nowhere at alg at the lgs championship the north american championship in 2021 they had they were like a top three team i don't know if you guys remember they were a top three team in group stages they dominated and uh unfortunately couldn't do it in the in playoffs uh when it came down to it the final bracket but um since then it's just slowly and quietly been on the up and up he was the only pro player last split that had a full-time job while also playing apex professionally he was in cybersecurity. since he's just been able to, been able to quit and focus full-time on apex he got married right after the split one playoffs in london i feel like he's just riding a high right now i'm so happy for him one thing i wish i would say though i wish he would try to do more if he can with the phase opportunity of content getting his name out there i'd love to have him on a podcast like this but last but i'll thought on phase i want to move on to furia uh snipe uh, on the topic of phony and and also i want you also to answer the question of like you being washed up i want you to address it because it seems like everyone that was becoming popular opinion uh, did you ever at any point think you were washed up you always <laughs> had confidence i mean i always had the confidence in myself but i mean i was washed up when i first came back to apex i took a year off the game and came back to a completely different meta than when i left and it was a seer meta that had been going on for almost a full year so i just wasn't prepped as everyone else and i it took me time to adapt back to the meta and figure out exactly how i needed to play to the best capabilities of my team i also don't think my team in the first split was a great fit for me i feel like i i feel like we just didn't really have our roles set we didn't know what we were doing and i know my exact role on my current squad um, so, you know, it took me a little while to get back, but I mean, I feel like I'm up there with the top controller players in terms of my positioning. I don't feel like I make very many mistakes in these games. Um, my shot is still really good. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think I performed great this pro league and there's still a lot, a lot of improvement to be made, um, in that regards. And when it comes to phony, I mean, I wanted to team with phony for a while. It's actually hilarious because Chrono kind of put me onto phony, um, <laughs> made me start watching him like this was even dirt like throughout the last pro league. you just kept hyping him up saying how good he was and i kept seeing this esa squad uh flying under the radar and then it came into i think the last few weeks of last pro league split phony uh was just winning games constantly winning games big kp games uh there was the horizon meta and then they won the pro league split in five games match point format i think it was the fastest na match point that we'd ever had and after that, it was like, yeah, I, I want this guy because I just listened to the comms, the passion. The guy's very down to earth. He's got a good head on his shoulders, um, mature conversations. And then we just kind of built the team the way, to, the way we wanted to with um, Frex being the third. Pretty awesome story, man. Yeah, you basically 
Uh, and I heard you talking about it too. I saw a clip of you basically saying, like, I came back to Apex. I didn't know who, who was the best. I thought I knew who the best was a year ago. Slurpee G, everyone was talking about him being next. He's been nowhere to be found, by the way, ever since. I used to call him Weapon X. But, um, you know, you finally had a, time, a chance to kind of assemble that God squad with the phase backing. It's been pretty fun to watch. So if you are a fan of that story, Phony is, you know, full-time job to now full-time pro Apex player, rise and come up. Frex, who's been so damn solid. Frex and Snipedown were former teammates on Reciprocity. It's a really cool story overall. Phases the team to easily be a fan of. I want to shift the conversation to Furia real quick. Um, Watson, not the best day today. You had all the confidence in the world the other day when we were talking. You always seem to kind of blame yourself, which I, I respect. I don't know if you've read the book Extreme Ownership by uh, uh, someone who's in the Navy SEALs, but you embody that mentality, which I respect. But um, you still have <laughs> nothing but confidence in, in you and your team going into land. You think you guys can repeat what you did in Champs? Yeah, I mean, today definitely... Comment his Watson L. I just woke up today. <laughs> my sleep was just all messed up. Woke up. It's not working. And then going to the games, I was trolling with the wingman. Did not work. Wingman, worst gun ever, dude. Horrible. And then I just got kind of bored toward the end and just could not lock it in at all, dude. 100% my fault. Like, that just seems to be the story of Fury. Like, if I show up and bring energy... We pop off, and some days I just do not do that. Like, I don't know. Days when I'm on, I feel like we just kill it. Like, we just roll over everyone. And then some days I show up, and I'm just like, wow, I am the worst player in the game. Like, why am I not playing good? And it's like, I don't know. I used to, and look, I was the agile on my teams like when I competed. I used to have those highs and lows as well. Look, um, you got to fix that, dude. Back back when I competed, esports, we, we didn't have the money or the resources to hire performance coaches or um, all types of different coaches. Are you doing anything like that? You know, exercise every day, mental kind of performance training. If not, how could you fix that? I mean, for me, I feel like it's something different every time. Like yesterday or like this morning, I guess, like I had something going on and like my sleep got all messed up and just did not get good sleep and then showed today and did not bring the energy at all. I mean, I feel like it's just something different every day. And, you know, I mean, this is the first game I've, ever really been good at. So I think down the line, like I'll kind of get it ironed out and figured out like, you know, what I need to do to show up like hundred percent. But yeah, I mean, there are definitely days where it's just not there, but that is something I obviously I'm trying to get better at is always being as close to hundred percent as I can, but obviously not the best at doing that. I mean, I feel like that kind of shows in our performance. I mean, I feel like we either just roll over everyone or we just get like 15th. Like, I feel like we don't often have a lot of like mid days where we get like eighth or 10th or 12th, like it's kind of all or nothing. And most of that, I feel like it's just like, if I show up or not, I mean, Pan's era, like, especially this split, I, every time we've showed up, like they've always brought it like a hundred percent. And it's just like, they, like day one, like I was just not in it today. I got bored. I was just not, in it. like, I just could not lock in like for whatever reason, but yeah, I mean, land's a different story. Land is a different story. Snipe, Guild, any thoughts on the whole topic? I mean, I think Fury is one of the most explosive teams in the game. I mean, it, it, there's, I, I really do think there's very few. This goes back to complexity. Like, I don't see complexity being able to win a LAN. Like, they, they'll be a team that's going to float. They'll, they'll get into the rounds. I could see them making it to the finals, but I don't see them as a team that's going to like turn up on land. You have, you have the NRGs, the TSMs, the Furias, the Optics, and I, I put my team into that consideration. Those, those are the teams that I, I see with the capability to win land. I think 100 Thieves can, can even though th this kind of confirmed, today confirmed exactly what I said about Anmu and 100 Thieves is they get top five or they get bottom five. It, I don't think like there, there really is no in between with that team. So there's teams that can win games and there's teams that can like 
like keep floating through and Fury is just a team that I could see getting top three it's like LG as well like LG can put up massive game and massive points but I don't I don't really see LG winning a land but I could see them getting a top three on points and and I mean that was Fury's motto going into the rally land where they just put up as many points as they possibly could to just get as high of a placement as they can it's a good way to wrap it up with Fury <laughs> I definitely would put them in that same category we obviously haven't talked about optic yet we haven't uh talked about X set in much depth outside of Hilderson's no longer I'm being on Xset and Sykes being the best controller player in the game. But uh, I'm excited to see what Xset can do on LAN as well. Can this be the first time Nocturnal hosts a championship? Shout out to Xset for supporting that team. My friend at Jacob MVPR for scouting them out and supporting them when they uh, were going through the liquid situation. So those are two big teams. Let's shift the topic a little bit from just team-specific discussion. Let's talk about this two-month break. I mean, look, we were talking right before we went live, just amongst us. There's a two-plus-month break before this first LAN event. Uh, Pro League just ended. It's the 7th or 8th. And uh, the event is, you know, rumored to be mid mid July. I don't even know if the dates or the venue is fully officially publicly announced yet. Hasn't been, you know, fully announced yet. So um, all that to say, that's a long break. That's a long time. So much can change in two months. Uh, what do you think will change in two months? And what are your thoughts on the two month break? I mean, apparently we're playing on a whole different patch. New character who might end up being Giga OP or you know completely useless, I guess. Like, I mean, I think character wise. I think people will probably go back to just like what they know instead of like going for weird like comps like they'll probably just play like some easy stuff like ramparts here Valk. but i mean who knows ballistic could shake up the entire meta and then we're playing a whole different game but um it's kind of hard to have like a, a meta shift when you're only playing scrims i mean because they're not obviously not a great you know um representation of the actual game so i think it'll just kind of be a bunch of random garbage and then We'll show up to land. That's when the meta will actually get like ironed out. Like, okay, well, this comp's not working. Let's go back to like what we know works. Or like, you know, I really meta really only changes a lot during the actual games. I feel like I feel like those build up parts. Like nothing really happens. It's not really good practice. <clears throat> I mean, <clears throat> I'm honestly um, just praying that Seer gets absolutely nerfed into the ground <laughs> before this next land because I'm so bored of playing this game in Seer meta. It is so stale and so boring, and it's literally almost a must-pick on every single team, unless you're playing hard zone. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. The dynamic of, like, hey, I want to push these guys, but we're going to get Seer ulted, and then we can't play the... When we're able to play the game, that's mad annoying. Like, yeah, that happens literally every tournament. Like, okay, well, they didn't have Seer. Any other character in the game, we could actually play and 3v3 them, but they're just going to mop us because they can press one button and throw it down, like, yeah, I mean, he's so too. good. I think a big reason <clears throat> that we did uh, uh, when I was with Liquid still, when we did bad at that land that we got like 16th at, is like um, Watson landed right next to us on our side of the zone. We landed Skywest Trials and he landed Countdown. <clears throat> and we would be set up in good spots for zone and Watson's team <laughs> would pull up and just shit on us with Seer. And we were just like, bro, we don't even know what to do. Like, We, we literally like Playing against Seer when you're on like Gibby or something with without it is just so hard. Like that character is just so insane. His whole kit is just ridiculous. That land had to be so fun for you guys when no one else was on Seer and you were just running at everyone. That had to be so fun. <laughs> it was pretty fun. I mean, not only was like Seer just the best <laughs> character in the game, like completely slapped on, he just like hard countered the meta that was there already. So it was like just double, double bad. Like it was, yeah, it was pretty I, fun. I remember we were um <clears throat> sitting top trials and they wrapped zone on us from um lava fisher i can remember the exact play they caught one of our teammates off guard knocked them 
We go to bubble and res. They seer cancel the res. We go to res again. They horizon onto us and then throw like 16 arc stars at the edge of our bubble. And we were just like, bro, what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bubble, bubble. That could have been a game we won. We needed just literally one more wipe without like one, like fourth team. Like if we did not get knocked, we actually probably would have won that game. That, would, that was a match point game. Yeah, for those that maybe are, are more recent or newer fan of the ALGS or competitive Apex, uh, the story here is a pretty crazy one. Uh, Watson picked Seer literally from a ranked game because it was like 4 a.m. and he was trolling, playing with one of his friends. I think it was Messiah, right, Watson? Yeah, I was playing on Messiah. And, and said, screw it, I'm, I'm playing Seer. And it said, his friends said, you better not pick Seer. Seer's terrible. <laughs> he said, no, nah, I'm just going to pick Seer. And just did it. Realized, wait a minute. Sears ult is OP. You just drop his ult and you could shoot diamonds. Like this is really OP. I think there's something here. Joins Furia. He was a ranked grinder. No one really knew who he was in the competitive scene. People knew him from the ranked scene. The pros knew him, but fans didn't. Joins Furia three days, a, a bottom tier, S, like D, D tier team or C tier team and qualifies through last chance qualifiers by dominating with Seer, makes it to LAN and dominates ALGS championships in his debut event. They got the most points by a long shot. They didn't win the championship. Dark Zero did because of match point format. But you guys had like, what, 130 points, 120 points to Dark Zero's like 70 or something? Um, I don't remember. We had a good amount more than them. I think we had 11 more than second place. I don't really remember. Crazy. But in doing so, created the Seer meta that Gilderson's now just spoke to being very, very stale. And it's been what? About ten months of no, maybe less nine months of Seer meta. I think it was a, a, a two months, two or so months after Champs that everyone kind of picked on uh, to that meta. But Watson and Furia did it first. It was Seer. It was a little bit of Fuse. Uh, they ran Horizon really before Horizon was ultra popular. Back then, it was all Caustic Gibby. Uh, so crazy, crazy turn of events. And ever since then, Seer has been a staple in competitive Apex. Every team kind of must have Seer for the most part. And uh, some rumors that you know maybe Seer is getting nerfed. You just said you hope it, you hope it happens. Gilderson snipe down. You think it will happen? You think it should happen? Obviously, I'm sure I know the answer to that second question. Yeah, I mean, there's been some talk about, you know, I mean, Catalyst was supposed to block Cyril in the first place. Uh, that was pretty much talked about, and everyone thought that Cyril was going to get this nerf. That's why everyone started picking Catalyst, and then people were like, oh, he's not getting... You can still Cyril over Catwall, so then Cat Seer meta became a thing, and then now we're having Ramparts, and uh, it's all over the place. But, I mean, the thing is, though, like, Respawn said that they don't want characters to counter like to be picked to counter other characters they, they've said that in the past so like picking catalyst to specifically counter seer isn't isn't what they want so i don't really know what the best route is but i think we can all agree that we just don't want seer to be in the meta anymore I, i've talked about this he just takes too much away from what the skills are to be a professional uh, having the awareness having all of that should be a skill that you have not something that's placed in front of you and given for free yeah, I just I mean, think, I think we, all, we all agree on Seer. Let's move on from the Seer topic, but meta all up. Yeah, Snapdown just alluded to it. Ramparts and meta. Um, we saw some Mad Maggie infused today. We saw some different things happen. Alliance obviously shaking things up. We saw some Revenant back in play. Uh, your guys' thoughts on meta as it currently stands. Obviously, new season's coming out. Is it Tuesday? Literally, you know, a day or two. Or two. Uh, it's going to shake, shake things up quite a bit. But uh, meta as it currently stands and how you think uh, it, it can evolve, obviously ignoring what we do or do not know about this new character ballistic. Um, I'm pretty happy with where it is right now, especially compared to how it was like, you know, a while ago, like a year ago, like there's a lot more diversity and niche picks and ramparts and Maggie's and fuses and horizons, like definitely a lot more fun to watch for sure. Instead of just being like giga boring cost to give you all, um, 
But there's definitely a couple things that are kind of starting to get kind of stale, like Cyralt and you know Horizon Alt is getting really stale, like stuff like that. But charge rifle you know, for them up for charge <laughs> rifle. That has got to be gone in the package. That has got to be the worst. It's got to be the worst thing in the game. Like you, you try to fight a team and a team 200 meters away is charge rifling you, and now you can't fight them and you have to Valkult. Like that is so cringe. I, th I think honestly, other than Cyril and and charge rifle, I think meta is pretty good. It's pretty fun. Well, Nemesis too, I guess. That shit's OP as well. I think the R9 needs a nerf too. Yeah. I got, I got charge I rifle Nemesis through a rampart wall and across today and died in a split second. It was so fast. It was really unlucky. Yeah. That's where we're at. <clears throat> I've been using been using the wingman and against the R9 and the Nemesis, I'll shoot two bullets and they've dumped their whole mag. Bro, I'm on the same R9. page as you. I I, like, I tried to use the wingman in, in comp or in some scrims, and I end up whiffing the first two shots, and I'm like, I just threw the dead. whole fight for my team. I literally, yeah. I was like, me taking those two shots and whiffing, done for. I just, I actually just threw, and I refuse to ever pick up that weapon in comp anymore. And yeah, like, everyone, we all know, like, Apex intentionally respawn intentionally, which, which I actually think it's an admirable thing. I like that they do this. They intentionally over-tune weapons. They've said that publicly when the new weapon comes out to get people to pick it up and use it with the understanding that they're eventually going to tune it down did they announce ne nemesis again? have they announced patch notes that nemesis are already getting nerfed mm, i don't think they've announced think any so. patch notes I think so. oh they haven't okay so tbd i think in like uh out. in one of the trailers though i think the r9 had less bullets in the mag or something Ooh. <clears throat> i think they like accidentally leaked it or something yep got it so uh usually i think patch notes come out a, a, the day of or day before an, an update obviously the updates on tuesday um, we'll see what the changes will be in terms of overall meta, but no, I, I really agree. Watson, I think you, you summarized the best and you guys all summarized the conversation best. Um, state of the meta right now, at least it's better than it was. I agree, way better than it was at Champs. I thought at Champs, the Caustic, um, Gibby meta, Valk, obviously 100% pick rate. Valk's still really, really important, but not a must, must have now. I think edge teams can play a Valkless team comp now, which is a good thing. I, I didn't think Valk was great at that time for, as a must pick. Um, I thought it was a really stale state. It wasn't really fun to watch as an entertain from an entertainment perspective, at least. I thought the, the meta at London actually wasn't terrible, even though it was Seer Horizon meta. So all that to say, I think it is not as bad as it seems, even though Seer makes it seem really bad. And it, it obviously is bad with Seer. I agree with everything you said, Eric, as well, uh, and everything we all said about the weapons and things like that. Good discussions overall. I'm going to shift the conversation, though, to international land competition. This is going to be uh, really our last big, big topic. Um, we now move into a fun era. Uh, this is where scrims change. Regional bubbles. When we say regional bubbles for the new viewers watching, there's basically scrim bubbles and regional bubbles that exist. You know, the pro teams in EMEA scrim, the pro teams in EMEA, same with North America, APAC North, APAC South, throughout the entirety of Pro League, and for what, four or five, four months now, three, four months now. Um, but now that we're preparing for a global LAN, Minus Tempo is the one that kind of takes a global leadership role and is going to be organizing international scrims, I think, starting in a few weeks. Um, your thoughts on international competition here, gentlemen, at, at a macro level? Any uh, international teams in particular that really stick out to you as teams that you think have a chance to win to be the first non-North American currently existing pro league team to win? I think uh, <clears throat> Alliance is pretty good. Um, really the only one that I have in like my head for that. Heard. I've. I don't really watch other regions very much, but Moist is seeing a lot of hype around them, and Fnatic as well. I saw uh, Sarah and UCAF were number one and two for kills in their region. I'm pretty sure. Crazy. So I don't really watch other regions, so I don't have too much to say about it. Other than um, they're pretty good. Line seems pretty good. Effect seems pretty strong. 
uh, everyone's hyping them up. I actually haven't been able to watch too much. Um, Fire Beavers is a team that everyone kind of hypes up, just their ability to to fight. And I think they're an all mouse and keyboard team, right? Fire Beavers? Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's specific mouse and keyboard. Eastern really Europe. impressive to see yeah. how dominant they are. Um, and then Fnatic Aurora, Aurora, Aurora as well as all MNK, right? Ranches, Cleave, and Molly. Molly's still on the team. Oh uh, yeah, Aurora is Triple MNK. Yeah. Aurora is all Triple MNK as well. Yeah, most of the CIS kind of Russian or Ukrainian, etc. Teams are MNK, which is which is insane. Um, everyone was having up fire beers early on in pro league. They ended up in fourth or fifth, I think. Um, we're gonna actually walk through the standings right now. So let's walk through the standings, starting with NA. Let's just wrap that up real quick. We wrapped up the discussion already. This is a North American time zone broadcast. Here, in case you all missed it today, as a result of the regional final, here is your North American Pro League teams that have qualified for the split two playoffs. It was top 11 because they earned one additional spot based on their performance in London. So Luminosity makes it because of that, which is crazy to think. Furia got that spot in last Pro League, but did not qualify because it was top 10 back then, which is kind of crazy. But let's shift the conversation to EMEA here. Europe, Middle East, and Africa is what EMEA stands for. We'll showcase the EMEA standings here in a second, if you can pull it up uh, as well, Chrono. And of course, for those that are unaware, uh, EMEA Team Alliance ended up on top. Biggest storyline there. They pick up the Russian 17-year-old, by the way, effect. I think he's about to turn or just turned 18, maybe. Moved him and his mother from Russia to, I believe, Serbia or somewhere else and dominated the Pro League. They won today. They won overall. The overall best team in EMEA, and it's showing, led by hockey, arguably a top five IGL in the world. But his land placements haven't entirely shown it, despite getting a top five, I believe, here in our last London event. We'll see if they can get a dub. Vex Gaming, obviously a big story. They looked really good in Pro League and Split 1 and then dropped the goose egg. Uh, they didn't even make a top 30, I don't believe at London land. So the question is, are they the modern day online warriors is the question. Unlucky, Matafe and co. Uh, KCP picks up Zane, looks good. There's Fire Beavers, we talked about them. Jaylings, which is a great squad. They're still playing with Nags alongside JMW in Noises uh, from the former Invictus Gaming squad. Element 6, K Swinney, Ascend, the best performing EMEA team at the last event. Uh, two, two R1C, two Rats, one Controller, which is a crazy story um, of them qualifying. That's a dark horse team. Aurora and Eternal. So, I'm going to open up the discussion to all of you. Any teams you want to pick and talk about? Any thoughts on these EMEA squads and who has a, a chance to potentially win in London? I don't follow. I, mean, I, I really don't follow much. Yeah, Alliance. <laughs> I, I think Alliance did well at the last land. I think they're probably the best team in Europe. I think they deserve to win, and they're probably the number one team in that region that I'd be looking out for. Yeah, I'm just I'm happy for Effect, dude. I playing as that guy in ranked like, like two. I think we. I think I did two. Rank one races against him. He's he's really solid. Like I, just even his first like split that he showed up and ranked. Like I could tell like he was a really good player. I used to play with him on uh, PS4 when he was number one pro a long time ago. Yeah, he's solid, dude. He's he's been that guy for a while, Gil. Yeah, <clears throat> he's really good on console too. Yep, insane. Crazy story. One of the few CIS or Russian players that plays on controller. Most of them are, again, mouse and keyboard. Um, you know, everyone remembers Sanya and Asdesu and Hardeki and all of them, uh, the former greats of EMEA. Still, obviously, Hardeki is still competing. We'll see if, we can, if we'll see him back in uh, a land anytime soon. But with that, since champs. With that said, that's EMEA. Good to get one take from each of y'all. Let's shift on to APAC South. I mentioned Moist already. They win, but not necessarily in a dominant fashion. Onik right behind them in second. Blackhand in third, Dreamfire, the only non-Aussie team so far, I believe, in fourth. And MDY White in fifth place overall. Again, I know you guys don't know much about EMEA, so let's just keep working through here, unless you guys have any, any takes on, on Moist here, or any takes on Moist, Onik, or Blackhand, who, who might be the teams you guys are aware of? Um, I don't watch this region at all, if I'm being completely yeah, honest. Yeah, but I, was, I think that was the case. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't watch their games either. Baldi's a cool guy, though. 
<laughs> I like Waltzy. <laughs> Biggest yeah, story here is uh, Panayi, Iron Blood Gaming. So Panayi, um, Strafing Flame, and I'm a team that was really, really solid and actually performed well in London, did not qualify. You know, sniped, I don't know if you know those guys. No, I, um, <laughs> I know that I know that Moist is in our group, so that's a team that I'm going to have to pay a lot more attention to. All right, note to self, note to Chrono, my producer, we are bringing more global talent and analysts on this show as we now move forward into the LAN competition. Obviously, no, jokes aside, this has historically been a North American show for that reason. Uh, it's meant to be an after-hours show after North America, North American time zone. But we will, you better believe, after-hours is going to be doing uh, weekly broadcasts going up until the land competition where we're going to start bringing some people from international scenes as well. But let's keep it rolling. I'm not going to ask you guys to make takes anymore because, God, you guys don't know a thing except for your <laughs> bubble that you live in. Uh, yeah. You'll start learning here soon that you have to study. APAC North. Let's roll through and talk about the APAC North region. Fanatic ties, actually, sorry, by one point wins over Northeption, but dominated the match point <laughs> final. They win overall over NTH or Northeption, who drops down to Beast, I believe. We'll be contesting with Optic in international scrims. I can't remember where Fnatic drops, uh, but yeah, that's this is where it's going to get crazy. Nine teams from APAC North. I think Fnatic is North Pad. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be really, really interesting here. Convoy Tucson in third place. GO was kind of the big, big surprise team that performed so well. They had a roster swap with, I think it was Crazy Raccoon. Um, big you know, change up there. Fun one, two, three. Former AD Raccoon squad, Naked, Crazy Raccoon, RO, or Riddle Order, Pulverex, the F-Chan stands can continue to cheer on the man. And by the way, the craziest thing, the only take I'm going to say on this, this region, there's a lot I've already given some, is Pulverex literally played, I don't know if you guys noticed this, they literally played in London the same way they played as a duo <laughs> team of two at Champs. They were just ratting to endgame every single game. It was hilarious. Oh, I don't know if you know, too, when um, when they were duo in, like, winner's finals, um, they Valkulted and their teammate got teleported into zone and died uh, across the map, and that's why they didn't qual. They got 11th in winners' finals. No chance. <clears throat> they no would have qualified as a duo, and they they no went chance. to Valkul, and their teammate literally got teleported into zone like a thousand meters away, and that's why they didn't qual. Damn! How did I not know about that? I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I mean, LGS, like Watson doesn't know about that too. LGS probably wasn't eager to post about. It. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Let's watch that again. It's just this. Game ending glitch. <laughs> <laughs> Buried that one deep, perhaps. Crazy guy. I'd actually not know that. That's insane. So, yeah, Pulverex gained a lot of fans there. It was a really cool story. We hyped them up, and it sounds like they could have made it to the grand finals as a duo, which is crazy. But the fact that they played the same way in London, they just play, they just rat. I've never seen a team play like that. You know, Watson was talking our one-on-one -on -one interview the other day of how he was the first team, he thinks, that pioneered, like, hard-edge fighting, realizing that seven, eight kills is worth the same as, like, fifth, sixth place. So why not do that? And um, it looks like Pulverex is now pioneering just pure ratting and don't shoot your gun until they can. But now, jokes aside, the last and final region, well, it's South America. So APAC North only had nine teams. South America still had five teams qualify, which I think is worth a discussion point in itself. Uh, this region is continuing to prove that they're the weakest region in the LGS, yet they have as many teams as APAC South, which has proven that pound for pound they're the top two best region in the LGS, which is interesting. A lot of new names here, though, and a lot of shocks. FA players, formerly, I believe, Singularity, um, fellas, Gosu, Leave No Witness, and ATH, HVY, are the teams that qualify through South America. I know a good amount about this team um, from London. I spent a lot of time studying this, this team and region, but I haven't watched a lot of them recently, uh, so I have to catch myself up to speed. But this is the South America region. So with that said, overall topic, international competition, what you heard. You know, Northeption dropping Northpad. Uh, sorry, Fnatic dropping Northpad. Northeption dropping down Beast, I believe, contesting with Optic. International scrims having to basically fight for real estate. How do you guys think it's going to go down? Any, any thoughts there and how you guys are going to approach it, your teams? 
I mean, looking forward to bodying Alliance and Lightning Rod and whatever random team lands Climatizer, I guess. Or maybe That's it's Fnatic point. that drops Lightning Rod or Northception that drops. There's a good epic North team that drops Lightning Rod too, FYI. Awesome. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't watch the <laughs> other regions. But... You're going to body Alliance though. You're not, you guys are hard, hard contesting. You will not drop anywhere else that map. For Scrims, yeah. I mean, we get shot on Scrims. I mean, we're going to leave, but if we shot on them in Scrims, like, they're going to leave too. So, I mean, that's just how it goes. I mean, last thing I heard, international scrims were pretty horrible. Um, I mean, I don't know if you guys can attack. Guild, you're the only one that went to the last land, so you did the international scrims. Was like, was um, it even <clears> worth <throat> it to, to play in those scrims, or is it just kind of focus on yourself and what you need to do? Well, um, we didn't play in international scrims. We didn't scrim <laughs> at all the whole month before uh, LAN. Um, so if that tells you anything about them being worth it, I mean... <laughs> We didn't play I a single. Heard, yeah, I heard it was just such a waste of time. Like, we didn't play a single international scrim, and I'm not kidding. <clears throat> yeah, what we did you guys do the prep. Um, I mean, we would, we would watch them, but we weren't playing, and that shit was a waste of time. Like, we were confident in our team fighting. We were confident in our macro. Um, you know, and to be honest, there weren't too many um teams in other regions that we were worried about. Yeah, I mean. Same here. Like when it, that's what we did pretty much for Raleigh. It was like we played two scrims and we just bailed. We did not play anymore. And then like we're also not really worried about other teams. Not that they're maybe they're not. There's not like solid teams, but we just don't you know. They even like don't watch them, so we don't know like even who's good. So just going. I, the best way to do land is going the mentality that everyone sucks and you're yeah. just gonna roll over them. Like just say everyone sucks. Like that's just the best way to do Dude, it. Dude, I think some of these other regions give give each other way too much respect. Like I watch, I watch them play, and they'll like hold a spot next to a team that is just in shambles and not full swing and like wipe them, and it it just like in NA, I feel like NA doesn't respect anyone. Like every team no. is like, I'm gonna go roll no. them. They're in a bad spot. We're gonna go fight them and roll them. Like it, 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 and I truly believe that is what gives us the edge over all these other regions at every land. It is, you know all these North American teams are going in like we're the best. Like I'm not, I'm not going in prepping for you know, APAC region or EU region. Like I, I, I first off think that NA is the best region. So if I'm going to prep against anyone, it's going to be the teams in my region that I know I are the best teams. I'm not going to go out of my way to prep against 39 other teams that I don't think are as good. And that's just a mentality thing. Uh, I think over prepping or giving teams all this confidence is actually a way to like, it, it's, I think it could be way more of a negative thing than a positive thing. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I agree. Like, um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Go ahead, Watson. <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, obviously, sometimes you got to outsmart your opponent to beat them, but also sometimes just outstupiding them also works, like, just as good. <laughs> I feel like NA is, like, pretty good about that. I'm just like, sometimes you just got to throw down, like, Americans are done at, are good at outstupiding people. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what ends up happening. We got the, the Europeans are going to have an absolute heyday with this clip tomorrow when they wake oh, up. Oh some... gosh, <laughs> stupid American memes are going to be flying. Watson, what did you just do? <laughs> oh, I, I remember. Like... Go ahead. So Hod used to like use this term um, all the time when I was still on a team of them. He'd be like, um, he, he called it the NA coexist when we were next to teams. Like, uh, you know, in NA, like. If you're playing a spot next to somebody, like there's a better chance that they're gonna throw your their game trying to kill you than them not messing with you at all. If I'm being completely honest, 
I'm not coexisting. coexist is the idea there, but it wasn't. I'm not coexisting. I, I'm going to try all the hey, You're the team possible. he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try to hold three buildings. Like, if they're going to let me do it, I'll do it. You know, like, when Valkyl texts me, I'm going to run at them. Like, I'm definitely one of those. Dark Sail is good about that, too. They, giving people, like, holding as much space as possible. I mean, you got to do that. Other regions, I feel like, are really bad about that. I feel like, um, like Intel, like uh, Verbal's um, and Skittle and Dupe back then, I feel like they were the first people to like really, um, how do I put it, like perfect, like playing big and like zone and everything and like holding like three buildings and anybody that comes in their vicinity, just instantly aping them and killing them and catching them off guard and just showing them absolutely no respect. I feel like they were like the first people to really start doing that a lot. I agree with that a lot. I would definitely say the team that is the coordinated aggressor is going to win that situation like 90% of the time, if not more. I mean, someone really has to throw. If, if you're if you're going in to a fight knowing that you're full committing to this and the other team is like, oh, like they're pushing, but and, and it's not stressed to the point where we have to defend, then you're going to get a pick. You're going to get the kills. I mean, it kind of happened to our team today. We just weren't ready for it and cost us, a, honestly, what would have been a big game. Yeah, that's, that's actually an interesting take because it's maybe what makes Apex different and unique and fun is in most games, the defender has the advantage. Just you can, you know, Gears of War, you can hold right hand and an L trigger and Halo, obviously snipe down, you know, team that's up in Team Slayer just camps and can hold a setup and uh, Counter-Strike and Call of Duty, they're, you know, search and destroy bomb game modes. The defensive team always has the advantage. But in Apex, do you, you guys feel like the aggressive player that's coming in with momentum and confidence has the advantage every time? Yeah. 100%. A lot of time, yeah. As long as it's not a stupid push. If it's like an organized push where you're all like, yeah, we're doing this, not just running uphill at a team holding head glitches. I mean, if, yeah, I think like almost every time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I feel like uh, <clears throat> something that we're big, big about is like when you're like defending a spot, um, playing aggressive from your spot in like zone and, you know, pushing other teams before, you know, they can push you if that makes any sense. Like, you know, holding all of your space and, um, not letting them, you know, get anything uh, is like a big thing. Yeah, if you're gonna get pushed by a team, you should if you should ask like yourself, like, can I push them first? And if you can, then you just gotta wait. But like, hundred percent, like, if, if you know, just comes down to who's pushing who. Like, I would definitely rather be on offense, like almost all the time, especially in the Seer meta where like you can just get, you know, you just trade wall hacks. Fascinating. Um, cool. Well, yeah, it's a good discussion. International competition. You guys didn't really have much of an opinion outside of international scrims suck. I don't know anything about international teams. And that was about it. Uh, we'll bring some international people on this show um, here soon. Obviously, we'll wrap up in a second. I, speaking of wrapping up, uh, I want to wrap up with just one final segment. Um, early as hell. I mean, obviously, as educated as you could make them. Predictions on which team globally will win split two playoffs in London. And then you can't say your own team. You're not allowed to say your own team. Land predictions. I want to start it off because I'm going to join this one. And I want to start off with a clip. And I want to start off with a, with a prediction. I think Dark Zero is going to win another land championship. I think Zero as an IGL is still so slept on by the world. Not by you guys as pros. You guys all know how nasty he is. Uh, I think they're going to go in as the bad guys, the villains, uh, given everything that happened. I think he's just going to love that role and he's going to eat it up. Zainu's built different. I think he's going to show why. And uh, this clip actually shows why. Let's watch. I'm on your scan. Watching your switch. They have, they have blues. They have blues. Coming, coming. I'm, I'm running in. I'm running in. I just got fried in the cross. Batting. One's going to peek. Dead. Shut up. Shut up. Box. Box. Down. Zero. Batting. Batting. Get that fucking kill. 
Let's get a train. Bridge, go to bridge. Yeah. One, one them here, here. What? What? One, push one guy, one guy. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Like, sometimes I'm that guy, and sometimes I'm just Zerbo. Like, sometimes that's. I wish I could have. If I had that passion every single day I played, I would win every day, dude. I just. Zyner definitely has that, like, passion buff right now. Having comms like that, um,. All the time in Apex is like really important, but it's also like really hard. Like we're playing like long, like long ass games. Like keeping up the energy is like really hard, but as important as it is. Yeah, the weights don't help either, especially if you get rolled off the off the rip. Like you wait like <clears throat> forty minutes to get into a game. Like it is hard to stay upbeat, especially in match point where the games are like mad long. Like the day can be mad long. Those comms were, this is my first time competing with this squad that is supposed to be the best team, and I'm going to go all out. That's what those comms were right there. This is my yep. show-out performance, number one overall kill leader. He, he showed up. Fashion buff. I want to shift the conversation to y'all. Uh, your predictions. So I got a little hack because I, I had a clip to back it up. You know what I'm saying? But that was that, was that snap, and I agree. It's first time playing. They're, they're all in. They're giving 180% like anyone else did in that event. Actually, I don't know. Not anyone else. It was a regional final. All y'all were given 180% and they still won. So to me, they won the event, this event, their first time playing with Zainu. How could you not call them the best team in North America, which is the best region in the world? I think Dark Zero is the best team right now. Uh, your guys' prediction, who do you think is the best? Who do you think is going to win land right now? Snap down, start with you, what on the line? I mean, I don't think DZ is the best because X sets a team. Um, they won Pro League. They <clears throat> got top three pretty much every single day. Um, they trolled with Pathfinder, Maggie, Fuse comps today and still got wins and mad points. And I think they just, they like DZ had more to prove today with a new player than Xset had to prove today in any sure. way whatsoever. Um, and if I, you know, if I was going to pick a favorite going into land, it would be them. You guys can't repeat <clears throat> the same person. You could say if you do feel the same way, but you can't repeat the same teams. I want different teams. Guild? Um, I'm going to say Alliance. They're looking pretty sturdy right now. I also think it's really hard to predict because I feel like you don't really get a feel for the teams that are going to do good on land until you like play that like first group on land because it's just so much different than online. Like It really is. I think Alliance is a good pick. Just a quick plus one to that. Uh, no matter how the meta shifts, they're always ready. Akis is always ready. They're literally always pushing the meta change. They played Newcastle today to put things in perspective and won EMEA. So I think they'll be ahead of the curve with meta changes. And I think Alliance is a good pick as well. I think XF's a great one. Snipe down. Watson? Mm. Well, it's like all the ones out of picked are already gone. So I'm going to go with Moist, I think, is my prediction. With zero explanation. Yep. <laughs> I love you, Watson. I love you so much. Okay. Uh, yeah, you, you were going to pick the three of ours. And yeah, good discussion overall. Snap that I would agree with you. You're right. Exit had nothing to play for today. So it's a little wild and drastic to say that Dark Zero is the best team based on their performance today, where Exit and Optic may have been trying to grief teams or troll a little bit. Uh, with that said, I think the reason I said that is they have two months now. They got two months with this kid, Zainu. And they want to prove to the world that they made the right decision. 
I think they're going to put an insane amount of work. I mean, they not only have a lot to prove because of what's happened the last two weeks, but their org shipped them across the world, got them visas, and have been paying for their housing in Austin, Texas. They all, and I've heard all that they do is play Apex. They don't go out. They have not been enjoying Texas barbecue or Perry's. Uh, all they do is play Apex Legends. So again, I think Dark Zero is going to be motivated more than their team to grind. I think X Set is going to be hungry too. They want a championship. It's going to be crazy though. Any any final rebuttals to that or final thoughts on this topic? No, I asked Zero like what he likes like Australia compared to America, and he was like, "I don't go outside. I just play Apex." So yeah, pretty much exactly what you said. He's like, "I don't go outside," so I have no idea. Like, you know, I'm like honestly a casual conversation <laughs> with him, like, "Hey, how do you like being in America? Like, what's your favorite fast food chain?" I have no idea. I eat most I, don't know. I, I feel know, that. I mean, I feel that. I certainly mean. I'm kind of in the same boat too. I'm pretty shameless about it. I literally sit at home all day and play Apex and order food. You're gonna yeah. say something else though, Guild? Or are you gonna say that? Oh, that's all I was saying. You're saying the same thing. Snipe, any final takes? Thoughts? Not really. I mean, I think it's a great discussion. I think uh, you know, I might have to go back and pay a little more attention to some of these other regions. Maybe maybe give them the the due that they that they've earned to check out some of the teams that place in the top. Uh just excited. I mean, I think it's good to take, you know, maybe a week off, just kind of gather yourself. I'm I'm doing some stuff for myself and you know, time to get back with new season, new split, and really just Put our heads down and get to work because you know this this land means a lot for me i haven't been to an apex land since the poland invitational and crack off um so i'm just i'm just happy to be back competing on that main stage get some nice little adrenaline rush wait this is your first land since krakow yeah i haven't been and and yeah that one was very that was when i teamed with frex that was my last land is when i teamed with frex on yeah. reciprocity and my pc crashed before there was a reconnect that. feature and so I exited LAN two points away from making grand finals because my PC crashed. So that was my last LAN experience. Happy to be There's back. A, better term. Timeless. Timeless. Yeah, replace that one with hopefully a better memory this yeah. time. Gosh, you guys, you're taking a little break, which I think you deserve. But um, yeah, it's been a crazy story for you. Wild story. You went to Halo, you're back. Are you guys going to be locked in? Like, is Zero locked in, you think, or not that locked in? Type them. What was the question? Sorry, I totally missed <laughs> No, it's all good. I said, is your first, you went to Halo, you're coming back. Are you guys going to be locked in for this? Like zero locked in or not the same? You said you're taking a week off. Bro, well, I'm going to, I fly to LA tomorrow. I'm going to the Lakers game. So I'm treating myself to a little birthday wow. present. Um, and then I fly back Wednesday and then it's back into, back into the grind, back into the drawing board of what we want to do. Uh, if, if scrims start up, I mean, we'll be there. Uh, or we're just going to prep on our own, on our own pace. I think, you know, Guild said it right. Like I'm not, I'm not going to waste our time doing international scrims if they're a, if they're a waste of our time and everyone else's time there's better ways to prep um mentally as well so i think we're just going to play it by ear but you know the goal is to win land i love it international scrims starting a couple weeks so it's gonna give everyone time to kind of adjust to the new meta grind the game the new rank system we learned a lot about that today onset had an interview with the dev which was awesome to see it's gonna be an interesting next few weeks that's for sure i want to thank these three Y'all been awesome. I know you guys a long regional final. You guys still jumped on. It was hilarious. A lot of great moments. So thank you all for joining. I appreciate you guys. Uh, for the very last time, I, I want to do you dirty by not giving you a, a final shout outs, final words you want to share. Watson, start with you. Um, nope. Shout out Panthers okay. and Zara. They're awesome. Shout out Panthers and Zara. I saw uh, what about Furia? A little love for them too. They're pretty cool. <laughs> Gildersons. Uh. <clears throat> Shout out my teammates, of course. Um, shout out NRG. I guess we're in the same boat. <laughs> shout out Gildersons for you know having his Jordan performance with you know his flu game. He was sick the last three days. Still sick. Still joined this show and was freaking awesome. And everyone's talking about how handsome he is. Still sniped down. 
yeah, I mean, just you know, he's up. Happy, happy we called and got the got the dub. Happy to be going against the best competition. I, as as much as I'm upset, like well, not upset, but as much as I wish both TSM and Energy didn't qual to make our chances of winning land better, like I'm also happy to be going against the best competition. Uh, and I'm, you know, I think I think you just gotta. I'm just excited. I'm just excited. I'm very happy to be back. I love it, man. Yeah, we're happy to have you back. The return of Snake down his first land since Poland, which I didn't even realize was a story after uh, quitting and playing Halo for a few years, making the worst decision of his career. No, I'm just kidding. Quitting and playing Halo wrong. for a few <laughs> You're not wrong. He's back. I gave his ass. <laughs> Dude. This is lot. not the purpose of that joke, <laughs> to go down a rabbit hole of how bad Halo is. Jesus Christ. Uh, thank you to Snakedown for redeeming the final words with actual final words versus Watson and Gildersons who just shouted out their teammates and schlepped their orgs. So I did that for Watson. Um, <laughs> thank you everyone for watching tonight. Big shot to Snakedown and Gildersons. What a day it was. Regional finals, all five regions certainly did not disappoint. Alliance wins in EMEA today and Dark Zero with Zionu in their debut win in North America, setting us up with TSM, Complexity, Phase, NRG, so many big names qualifying and making it alongside Luminosity representing Mexico in North America. We hope you guys are enjoying the content. Look, we're going to keep this going. Uh, yes, it's a post show for the LGS, but we'll still be doing this once a week. It's probably still Saturday, Sunday. We might do it earlier in the week. So between this, the Apex Experience, the weekly one-on-one -on -one podcast, I had one with his Watson. I'm trying to get one with Zero, which I think would be insane. Finally have that guy talk and tell a story would be amazing. We hope you guys are enjoying the content. We're trying to bring more content to the Apex scene to help the scene grow, to build superstars and brands out of our players. Because at the end of the day, the ALGS is nothing without the players. We need to build stars just like the NBA did with Jordan in the 90s, et cetera, et cetera. So thank you guys for supporting these players, supporting the LGS. We hope you enjoyed everything at home. We will catch you throughout the week for more content. Thanks for watching, everybody. And cheers to the next two months before the Split 2 playoffs in London. We'll see you there.